You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode, that's an appropriate time to cough there. Greg, that was perfect. Did you hear that? <laughs> I don't know if we could hear it, mate, but I saw it. Uh, episode number 95, did I say that? Anyway, 95, and uh, with me tonight is the uh, coughing sensation. Greg, how are you doing? Good, mate, good. Excellent. How are you? You're sounding really good tonight. And over there is Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? I'm uh, loving life. It <laughs> sounded so legitimate. It's so, it's so honest. Minimal sarcasm. <laughs> <sighs> Both of you guys know why. <laughs> <laughs> so so in, uh, in in other positive news then, Greg, how's your uh, couple of weeks been? Uh, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Um, chasing the foxes around again. Um, knocked a few over, mm-hmm. which is always nice. And yeah, just a bit of time in, in the country uh, with the family. So that was good. No guns, unfortunately. No hunting. But, uh, yep. but you got uh, away. I, is, yeah, I did make yeah, out hunting, so I went for a bit of a walk with my backpack. So that was nice. I bet you saw plenty of goats that you thought, wow, I, could I didn't that actually. Thing. I sat in the campsite uh, glassing the the flinders, basically, where we were, mm. and I didn't see any goats at all. Didn't see, was, any, didn't see anything in the flinders? Four days. Wow. Didn't see a single one, but that's pretty close to Port Augusta. So to me, it looked very accessible, so very easy yeah. to clean it up. Yeah, pretty well, yeah. yeah. Um, mm, so okay. that was sad, sad. <laughs> sad. We're going to see no goats, no goats at all. No goats, no wild dogs, no sign. I didn't even see any fox sign. Normally that just happens. You see them everywhere when you don't have the gun. Yeah. Mm. When you go yeah. looking for them, you don't see them. Yeah. Went the, the other way for you. Technically, I should have been overrun, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Andrew, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, Last not bad. couple of weeks. Not bad. You been out for a shoot at all? No, not again, but I, I did see a deer when I didn't have a gun. <laughs> On the, Did you? On the beach, actually, down... He saw a deer on the beach. Yeah, near Robe, of all places. Wow. Okay. Yeah, what so type of deer was it? Red. I thought you were going to say John. Yeah, you don't, have to, go, paddock, yeah. don't <laughs> have to go far inland there to be in prime, yeah. prime country for it was, deer. It was ironic because I was pretty well in a rage because I got stuck on the beach with the incoming tide coming in <laughs> my wife's car. Oh, dear. And had to dig it out by hand oh. while the children were telling me the waves are coming closer. So. And the deer didn't help? No, I saw it and I kind of thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. No, but there it is. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, we got out just when I got out. No, the water no. was about two metres from the car. No Benny Hill music playing in the background? No, but the, yeah, the, so the children's constant reminders. Hey, Dad, the waves are coming. <laughs> yeah, look. Thanks. They're touching the tyres now, Dad. <laughs> so that was fun. But no, and just... Bit of work in the workshop and get mm. myself ready on a rebarreled a rifle shortly and yeah, mm. nice, brilliant. Well, the reason Greg is sounding a little bit nicer is we've got a slight upgrade in the audio department. Greg, are you trying out a new microphone there? Sure am, Rusty. Gives <laughs> <laughs> me a bit more of a sensual sound, doesn't it? It's actually got a little screen on it to sort of do a little, little bit of audio dampening or acoustic dampening. And you actually mm. remind me now because I can't see your, I can't see much below your nose or even mm. half your nose. You look like Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm expecting is that all the things you say are absolute sage advice and are things that I will completely ignore. Either <laughs> that or Dicky Knee from Hey Ho Saturday, <laughs> one or the other. I'll get you a blue hat. 
<laughs> It'd be a good look. So uh, massive thanks to our Patreon supporters because they've been enabling us to start to upgrade some of this gear. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the first of the three microphones that's had a, a tweak and uh, the others will follow. So Andrew, eventually we'll sound good as well. I'll, I'll sound better. I won't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going for great. So I, I High and bad. Mid-end Mid-end High fidelity rubbish That could be the new podcast catch crack I was going to say that might be the title of the episode actually (laughs) (laughs) Oh good So uh, if you are listening And Greg sounds like he's got more of a golden Probably platinum voice now to match his credit card Mm -hmm. uh, Let us know if uh, Greg's voice has upped it a little bit And if so we'll get some more of those microphones So so basically if he just sounds a bit more expensive (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I just can't do John Laws. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Do the, do the oils ad. I Is can it? do Kermit the Frog, oh, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it happens. Yeah. yeah, sweet. Well, I've had a couple of weeks. Uh, I think last time we caught up, I was about to drive to Melbourne the next morning. And, That's uh, right. Which I did. And we drove over there and did the gun show over there. It's only a little, little gun show, the arms mm. fair. Uh, but it was pretty good. Met, met a... Actually met a bunch of listeners, which was really good. I mm-hmm. had a guy that was listening to the podcast on his way to the show and pulled his phone up and showed me he was partway through the tactical fisting rifle. Yep. <laughs> um, the podcast, I should clarify. Uh, yep. yep, as opposed to the extra rifle. And uh, it was good. Hung out with uh, a few lads over there. Um, went to Northcote Rifle Club. Now, if anyone knows the details about Melbourne, Northcote is right in very urban area, like five five to ten minutes out of the city, if that. And there is a rival club in there right next to the train station. It's a little 22 rival club. I was about uh, to say, do they actually shoot rifles yeah, there? Or they yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And a lot of people think it's just a collector's club or something, but they do actually shoot the rifles there, and it's only about 20 or 25 metres. But if you are anywhere near there, um, it was good fun. We went there, and mm. I, I think I probably uh, I played quoits more than I shot guns. But it was uh, yeah, it was good to kind of go down there with Dave and Beretta and uh, Ian as well at the club, and go hang out with those guys. And it's one of those things if you're in somewhere like that, and there's a little club like that, and it's only five minutes away, might as well get involved because at least you're shooting. And those guys shoot several times a week, which oh, does cool. help. Yeah, keep it active. Mm. We went ice skating as well, of all things. Well, did, can you do a pirouette, Sam? Or? I'm not even sure what that is. It's one of those spinny things. <laughs> oh, never mind. Is that like on your way down to falling over? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, sideways <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, not, not so much standing it. Fair enough. Good. Don't mind a bit of ice skating, but not so good. There was a dude there who was in a... I, I thought of you, Andrew, actually, when I saw this guy. He was, was he on the ground, like, in pain? No, no, yeah. no. He, <laughs> he could skate all right. Which is probably, yeah, that's the part I didn't really think of you. But he was wearing this, like, really tight, glittering... Sequined oh, jacket. No. Oh, Andrew would love. Andrew would love this. Straight out of the eighties. Did it have flares or what? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't look that close to be fair. <laughs> I was blinded by the jacket. Gold sequence. Yeah. Well, you were there. I wasn't. So. <laughs> You're right. So I'm sorry. I didn't take photos for you. I apologise now. I got nothing. <laughs> I'll think of something. But I got nothing at the moment. Get back to me, mate. We'll edit it in later. Cool. And then uh, after that, I did the. 
Ballarat show, which was like a, I guess a smaller one, but similar, similar sort of style. And and they're good. They seem reasonably good shows, if you, particularly if you like old military gear. There was a cannon at that show, which was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Operational. I believe so. Yeah, not not while we were in the show. Um, that would have probably put a hole in the gym's wall. But it was uh, it was quite cool to see, and there was a bunch of other bits and pieces there. It's not hugely my scene, the collector's side of things, but. I know a number of guys came along, a number of PRS shooters that I recognised were there, and they thoroughly enjoyed seeing bits and pieces from it. So, yeah, kind of yeah. cool shows to go for 10 bucks or whatever it was. Check out a bit of that sort of gear. And, yeah, we had stuff obviously there for sale, which is what we were doing at the show. But I got to hang out with Andrew Stevens, who has been on this podcast before, uh, a couple of years ago or last year. And, yeah, spent some time uh, with him and the family. And uh, it was it was good. So, shout out to those guys for me out with a, a bed to sleep in. It was uh, wonderful to be able to get around the country and uh, meet people like that. It's I reckon I'd stuff. rather be at a gun show than <coughs> digging a car out of a beach <laughs> in the rain and cold. Yeah. I mean, it was cold. Ballarat is cold. Yeah, but there were guns there. Yep. There you're wasn't, right. It wasn't the sea. No. And there was one, I was one thing I was disappointed about. I didn't get to go to the pancake kitchen. I remember Pancake mm. Kitchen there from years ago, and it always used to be good. I don't even know if it's still there, but I didn't get a chance to get there. Next time. Next time I have to say that for it. If anyone is listening from Ballarat and you can recommend the Pancake Kitchen, please let me know if it's still there and if it's still good. Because, uh, yeah, it's the important sort of information we need to put out there. Well, I think I've got a mate that lives in Ballarat. I'll have to ask him. Yeah. Check it out. Mm. Worthwhile. Critical information. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Pancakes, Tra- do, pancakes do help, though, Greg. Yes. Especially when you're shooting goats. Yeah, I've <laughs> been out with five or six guys that can't hunt without pancakes. You're exactly right, mate. Can't hunt with God them, can't hunt without them. <laughs> Very frustrating. I reckon we might have covered that in a podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, let, we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one in, the, uh, in history, I mm. think. And you've got a big hunt coming up soon, Yes, Greg. yes. We're heading off to the hot water. Myself and the Hunting HQ boys, we're, mm-hmm. we're heading off to the Victorian High Country Beautiful. to have a bit of a romp in the uh, in the in the uh, mountains and uh, hopefully get on to some, some samba. Mm. Sensational, so, yeah. No, looking forward to that. So we've we've all been madly buying stuff we're missing. Um, so yep. we're all broke. <laughs> um, so what what have you been picking up? What, well, what sort of bits I needed a better pack. So well, yep. I'm, I'm ex army, so I've just got all my ex army crap, which is really just not up to. I mean, standard. Back in the thirties, they didn't really have yeah, the best yeah. gear. So. Well, you know, non no frame in the pack, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had to get a decent pack. You all know, ma- all made like, out of baby seal and such. What's that? It's all made out of baby seal skin. Yeah, it probably was back yeah. in those days. Back then. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've had to buy a pack. I've had to. The other problem of I don't have a thirty cow to mm-hmm. meet the deer hunting, so I've had to borrow. Uh, have we talked about the fist? I think we've talked I think about we the did, fist. We did cover on it. <laughs> we, oh, we, should, we, should we reveal what was said? Because we didn't. We we bleeped it out in that episode, and we'll we let, asked. We'll asked. let Greg uh, reveal what he's taking with him. Was well, it was what was said to you, Andrew, when someone shot that oh, caliber? Yes. yes, it has a it has a story, like mm. anything that's been named, I suppose. Well, it probably the bit of background information was that it was used on a pig initially mm. for mm-hmm. its christening. And it was one that was running directly away, so let your imagination run wild as to where the bullet hit. <laughs> but it, it killed it rather quickly. In its ear? No. Face? 
uh, wrong wrong end. Oh, okay. But uh, no, the the owner of the rifle, who I won't name on air, he uh, made the comment that it was the anal warrior from the planet Fist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, and, and, and it's affectionately been known as the fist ever since. Is that well, it's right? Actually, yeah, and this one, oh, that was the rifle that he had. Uh, this one I'm going to be lending you is the same caliber, and it's got a tactical fisting rifle engraved on it. <laughs> Which we uh, we did mention in that previous episode because it was <sighs> end up being called that. Mm. But it was, uh, I think it certainly raised my brows. I did have some questions at Melbourne Gun Show going, why is this episode called? <laughs> I said, just listen to it, it might make sense. <laughs> 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 Three seven five WSM. It's definitely throwing fists around. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. do the yeah. job. So <coughs> absolutely. Mm. So you're pretty much running a three seven five H and H in a short action detachable mag rifle. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll so. hopefully in a few weeks I'll I'll get it up um, just to check the data and I'll be very interested to see what sort of sort of energy it's throwing throwing around. I know it's going to be a lot, but you yeah. know I've sort of got to see it with my own eyes to really appreciate it. Oh, I think you will. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'll be left wanting. <laughs> Certainly your mate did, didn't he? <laughs> very yeah, much so. very excited about that. Yeah, so yeah, madly um, just started training um, because I am not young anymore. Right. Uh, and I'm in an office job, so that does not uh, support yeah, well-developed muscular physique. Yeah, but still be working physique. in your 90s, that's pretty good, man. You're doing well. <laughs> So, so training's training's sort of last. Put the walking frame to one side occasionally. <laughs> put the pack on and go up a hill. So yeah, it's all prep work. Um, we had a big meeting on where we're going to go. Um, it's going to come down to the snow line. Uh, I like how they use the term "big meeting" for a piss up. Big yes, yeah, so <laughs> five of us drinking piss. Um, how many we, going? Five. Yeah. Uh, wow. At this okay. uh, one, two, yeah, five. Five. Um, two of the guys are going to basically. There's a lot of huts. Um, okay. Throughout this region they're going to stay at a hut yeah um they're not as well set up as the three of us like we're set up to go like fully remote backpacking yep um so we're going to head off from there and and punch in okay. to, to more secluded areas um and what what sort of town like is there a major town you're starting at or what's the closest big town oh it's it's sort of the dargo region dargo. so i think I, I think i might come with you and i might i might just stop at the Dargo Sail. pub? The Dargo. Yeah, I'll stop at Dargo and you guys keep on going in, but I'm I'm still hunting with you. Yeah, yeah. Still, you know, I'll be number six and yeah. uh, I'll just keep ground base going. We're pretty keen. We're, mm. we're, we haven't really got a solid plan. Um, we're out of money. <laughs> we're unfit. Um, but we'll could, get, we're getting there. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no, it's, just, it's all coming together. <laughs> Magic. Something else that has been on since our last recording session was the practical rim fire challenge at Tail and Bend. Had about sixty-five or seventy competitors, which is wow, really good That's to huge. see. Yeah, so big competition, which is excellent. That's just rim fire here in SA. So that uh, went really well. The next one of those. Uh, I will get back to everyone on dates with them, but that's uh, September sometime, and that's down at Mount Gambia. And the word on the street is that that's going to be a sensational match to get to in terms of just the, the range and the access and the ability of, of how they can run stages and what stages they can run down there. So that is, I think it's the second weekend on the Sunday of September. Uh, dates to be advised because, uh, you know, didn't look at the calendar. Uh, the Rimfire Carnival up in Mildura is 28th, 29th 
of July that's coming in close as well. So if you don't normally get to SA or if you are in SA and normally shoot PRC, then get up there for that. That looks to be a good match as well. The next service rifle match is the 29th of July in Sydney. And not for seat stroke open is... Uh, I think it's booked up. Last time I checked, it was booked up, but that doesn't mean there might be one or two spaces available. So if you think about it, now is the time to jump on it. That's good. And the King of Two Mile did wrap up, and we—I mean, well, obviously, we thank the winner. We congratulated the winner in our last episode, so we uh, we don't need to do that again. Yeah, he knows who he is. Well done. Did you guys see anything further from that from King of Two Mile? And the, the other stuff. I had a little bit of a bit of a peruse of the equipment list. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Or well, they didn't really expect. Fairly dominated by three seven five cow okay. rifles. Yeah. Um, fairly heavily the Shytac, but a few other variants in there as well. So. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it was interesting. Some of the small calibers on the uh, the list were. Well, I don't really know why they bothered. They were <laughs> down the bottom with zero <laughs> points. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I guess bigger is better. Do they run a longer barrel in those setups, typically? Yeah, some of them are running sort of 36-inch, 40-inch barrels, that sort of thing. Righto. Yeah, okay. They're a bit harder to manage recoil control-wise with those sort of calibers? Yeah, yeah, they are, but a lot of those guns are 40-pound plus. Yeah, righto. So truck axle. Yeah, and I mean, they've got big brakes on them. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, they're big, heavy guns. Yeah. I mean, they do just a lot of concussion and... And noise, but I guess when you're pushing 400 grains out yeah. at 3,000 feet a second, <laughs> now that's a fist. Yeah, I'd like to shoot something living with that. Well, don't you want to rabbit it a mile? It's uh, yeah, you know, appropriate size. <laughs> I want to go more, go further than that. But <laughs> <laughs> so to to back up what you just said, um, in fact, I'll uh, I'll throw it up on this screen here so you guys can see it as well. This is the Precision Rifle blog with what the pros use, not on PRS this time. This is from King of Two Miles. So the 375 Shaytac that was four shooters, the 416 Barrett, there was three shooters, and then 375 Shaytac Improved, 375 Libert, and 375 Warner all had three as well. And this is amongst the top ten. So all but three of them were running 375 yeah, which sort of, yeah, um, is not a big surprise. Oh, hello, Simo. <laughs> well, I guess it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, the bigger you go with a projectile to maintain that same mm. sort of ballistic coefficient and push it at the same sort of speeds, you know, recoil gets up and up. So, absolutely. It's not surprising that the, the 375s are doing well. So, congratulations, as we said in the other episode, uh, to Robert Brantley uh, with uh, Team Manners, uh, who. Uh, Took the win out. Uh, he was running the four and six Barrett, and there's 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 some really good. We'll link this uh, in the show notes, but there's some really interesting information here about what the guys that they actually break it down per shooter to show you what exactly the shooters were using, where they came, and uh, uh, how it all went down. So that's uh, yeah, quite interesting to see that. If you're not familiar with the King of Mile, uh, King of Two Mile competition, it's quite an interesting. Um, what would you say? It's quite an interesting competition setup, I guess. 
where it's it's not you haven't got huge amounts of rounds to get on targets and basically if you miss the target in the given amount of rounds then you don't progress to the next target and so you've got to shoot consistently really well for a long time and, and in changing environments. Yeah, I, I like it because I think it's um, sort of a more of a genuine um, challenge to be sort of consistent than mm. putting a target out and firing 30 or 40 rounds at it, hitting it and go, yeah, I hit it at some stupid distance. Being able to do it consistently and repeatedly mm. yeah. is, is where this sort of king of two miles really coming out so mm. I did see somewhere I think it was a reference to the applied ballistics team using a, a prototype 375 burger projectile and yeah, I have I've been hearing this for years and if yeah. somebody from burgers listening hurry up and make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I certainly have heard and, that and send a bunch of them over here I have seen references to this projectile and I, I do recall speaking to Brian Litz at SHOT Show some years ago about it at that stage, it was a little bit on the back burner, but um, yeah, no, I well think, let's uh, hope they uh, they do bring something forward. That would be good mm. to see. Hey, just yeah. remind me, was there some sort of king of two miles similar in Australia, up, up in Queensland? Not, not at this really. Stage, no, no, no. I know there's some plans to do something along those lines at some point. Yeah, okay. but not there yet. Big uh, congratulations, though, go out to. Loki from Mildura, who is the junior world champion of the 50 Cal Association. Wow. Uh, he was uh, the young lad. If anyone was at the PRS in Mildura, we raised a bit of money and it went to him to be able to, you know, sort of help with funding his trip over to the States. And, you know, to, uh, well, perhaps everyone's surprised who didn't know him well, he won. He was obviously a very good shot and mm. kept his head together and kept his cool together and he... Uh, he won, so uh, congratulations to him for taking it all out. That's uh, absolutely sensational. Shouldn't have to do fundraisers in the future, hopefully. Hopefully no. he'll pick up a sponsor. Well, I do believe that uh, someone has offered to build him a gun for free. Oh, wow, there. nice. So the next time he goes over there, he'll have his own gun set up. And yeah. He did win a stellar action, I do believe. Yeah. So I think it's based off that. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, nice. He, uh, he will hopefully be uh, well on his way. So we'll be all we'll all be in trouble if he starts shooting PRS uh, because he's young we'll, enough to we'll move. We'll just send him over to the US and he can compete over there. Yeah, just <laughs> just leave him over there for a while. Yep, let him let him you know win all the comps over there. But no, sensational. Just punch him in the arm at the start of the stage. It's all good. <laughs> he shoots a fifty. I think he's used to it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, some future news. Uh, I will be over in Perth for Shot Expo in October. I think it's the weekend of the 13th. So if any of our Perth listeners uh, are available, uh, we might do something on the Friday night to go for some beers. So if you are in Perth and do want to uh, drink beer or similar, uh, let us know. Uh, we are drinking unnamed beers this evening. Um, because we haven't got any su support for our beers tonight. Um, Pirate Life will be back next episode, I'm sure. Speaking of supporters, uh, Porter Machine Works, these scope rings have been uh, actually walking out the door a little bit uh, thanks to the special f at Scoped Out. So if you jump over there, the Porter Machine Works rings, new Australian ring company, or well they, they're going to be doing a lot more than rings, but anyway, the, the new machining company in the gun industry, 
at local out of New South Wales. You can get 10% off at scopedout.com.au by using the code PORTER when you pick up those rings, which will uh, will save you a little bit of money. And you guys had a look at those rings previously. They look pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Just a couple of mil too small in diameter. Yeah, we, we, yeah. We, I, have, I did mention this to Ian to say the rings were the wrong size uh, for Andrew. but um, And he said, oh, look, pass my apologies on to Greg. <laughs> oh, I said Andrew. Yeah, that's Greg's a financer. <laughs> Greg just pays the bills, mate. That's that's why you've seen his name before. So it's uh, it's good. We are also giving away copies of Rodney Mays's impact book. And I actually spoke with Rodney in the last week or so, and he said that he is actually selling a few books, which is wonderful that people jump on board and actually buy uh, well quite a few books. Um, so really good to see the support for that. We are, I think, going to do our. Audio book, Greg. You, in the, a couple of episodes ago, you, you promised that we were all going to get together, and for our patrons supporters, we were going to over the course of a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> book out each bottle <laughs> yeah. of bourbon each bottle of bourbon each, and read the book out. It's still going to happen. I think it's possible. <laughs> I think it's probable. Probable. Mm. Yeah, probable. Should we wait to have the better microphones so it sounds even uh, worse? You, you may not want to damage the microphones. <laughs> Oh, oh God. That should be good fun. Oh, I should probably check that with Ronnie, make sure we're, uh, we're allowed to. Well, no. Yeah, I don't want to destroy the, uh, <laughs> the content of his books. Yeah. Well, the joy is that guys will like listen to probably a third of it and it'll be like, you know, crisp and clear and good. And like, oh, I'm, I'm into this book. And then cut in. And then the two thirds <laughs> of it they won't really understand. Maybe we should just do like a paragraph, but the first sentence is pre drinks, <laughs> the second sentence is half a bottle, and the like, the. the so we're only doing, we're only going to be reading four. And then sentences just cut out. it all in. It's just a paragraph. <laughs> no, I think as as we go through the book, it just gets worse and degrades, <laughs> which is no reflection on the book, by the way. I should say that's sort of how our podcasts go generally, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, they start out <laughs> terrible and get worse. <laughs> no, it's a great book, and we, uh, yeah, you better check with him. We don't want to butcher his uh, great effort. <laughs> oh, it'll be for Patreon supporters anyway. It should be good fun. I thought we'd take a reading from. Uh, from the Impact book from Rodney Mays. Oh, Greg's forgot his glasses again. Is this like a ballistic prayer? <laughs> Is there such a thing? Shall we make that up? Guide thy projectile A, a ballistic verse. Before the military conducts an operation, they try to gather as much intelligence as they can. You can do this at the s- do the same before a match. Some of these things you should try and find out. Uh, what distances the targets will be at, what types of positions you will be shooting from, if there are any special rules to be aware of, what equipment will be required, if there are types of equipment that are prohibited, how much ammunition is required, and what will the weather be like. Wise words. Hmm. Absolutely. There's a sample from our audio book <laughs> that we are intending to do. Yeah, anyway, good. It's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, we'll chuck a link in the show notes as to where you can find that uh, as well. We have a Patreon comment. Do we? Oh, yeah, it could be abusive. I'm expecting abusive. Tom said he can hear er Greg's every breath. (laughs) Microphone is on point. That just means... (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Stop scratching yourself. (laughs) I was scratching my chest before I could hear my chest a bit. Oh yeah, that's because no. you've got a gorilla vest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can I can bump up the noise gate on it if that helps. Does what? 
Oh, cheers for the comments, Tommy. You've now made him uh, completely paranoid. Sorry, buddy. He doesn't want to move. I actually don't care, but I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. And you got the last voice out of all of us. Shut up. <laughs> there we go. Don't you mean the manliest voice? No, I don't. You should have. <laughs> Good. Now, now I've been thrown where we are. Oh, we just read out the book. So we'll have more uh, wisdom from the Impact book from Rodney Mays uh, in future episodes. Uh, and then if you want to hear the uh, very average version <laughs> with with uh, with director's commentary. Did he just call my version average? No, the average oh. version will be when you're drunk. Oh. That's, that's right. No, what you just read there was pure bliss. Pure bliss oh. there, Greg. Okay, thank you. Absolute pure. Shucks. Chest-scratching yeah. bliss. <laughs> Every breath. Good From now on Greg has to wear Full body spandex (laughs) (laughs) He's going to cycle here So gents Topic for uh, this particular episode Is night guns I'm going to take a little break From the discussion of my new build Uh because uh, we're still getting some feedback on the action side of things, which is good. Um, actually, some interesting conversations with some guys who have uh, let me know what they're thinking, some people in the same position that I'm in trying to make their decisions about which way to go. So I will sort of collate that and we'll share that on the next one. But for now, I'm going to probably talk about my other build uh, as well as other night guns in general. So for those who are listening, perhaps not familiar with what we would reference as a night gun, we're talking about like a spotlighting rifle, varminting rig uh, type setup. So whether it's used at night or during the day, uh, can be uh, all sorts of options, commonly sort of 223, 22-250, 243s, but not limited to those either. Greg, what was your first sort of more dedicated, or what do you did you use for spotlighting originally? Back in Originally, the 1800s. 243. Brown bass. <laughs> yeah, it was a muzzle loader. Cannon. No, <laughs> no I, um, I, I started with 243. Yep. But I used it for everything. Um, so it was a day and a night gun. Oh, God, he's got his pinky out. A little pinky out for the port. We're, we're drinking port now. So, But, um, yeah, 243... For a lot of my younger years, uh, through to sort of my about 30 years old, then I had a little bit of a break. And then when I came back into it, I ran a 223 for a long time. Yeah. Um, so what, what guns? What were they? Um, the 243 was old school uh, BSA. Um, BSA Monarch. So that's like 80s vintage sort of stuff. Um, and then the 223 was a ticket just to... Uh, varmint Tika T3 um, yeah and I used that for quite a while mainly because I was I was shooting smaller properties for a long time and I still do mm-hmm. um, I shoot in a lot of undulating countryside on small acreages and the 223 actually did a really really good job um, but I went back to 243 uh, just so I could start I was starting to reach out more and two four three just chewed, chewed the two two three up in terms of ballistics. So, um, 
you know, 400 metre shot was a tough shot in a, with a 2-2-3, but an easy shot with a 2-4-3. So not that you get too many sort of at that distance, but um, yeah, so I've, I've done a lot of my shooting now with 243. I'm really happy with 87 gram VMAX. Mm-hmm. So that weight, that speed, I'm, I'm getting 3,200 feet per second. It's just a nice, nice tight little rig. Um, you wouldn't want to be keeping furs, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, fair enough. Because it's fairly explosive, fairly humane, I'll say. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's mainly where I've been at, I guess, the last sort of 20, 30 years. Um, I've never used a 22-250, but I am very attracted by the ballistics of a 22-250. Sure. Yeah, nice and flat. and mm. You know, it gives you a margin of for error and, you know, with your ranging. But um, that's probably more a segue to your night guns, yeah? Uh, sure. I was going to ask Andrew. <laughs> oh, uh, righto. No, you're, you're, you're right. I think I started probably, I mean, started in 22s, uh, which was the common place, but... I think quickly jumped to a twenty-two to fifty, which is still my current gun, although be it through various uh, incarnations of it. It's twenty-two to fifty, and it has been you know a really sort of good uh, setup, which I'm I'm pretty happy sort of to move to or you know, to stay with. I guess the cartridge in in what I wanted want to do. Um, I do intend to build something new, and and so it started off life as a VSSF Remington 700. If you're familiar with those at all, they came in a HS Precision stock, and they were sort of a varmint, uh, rim varmint profile barrel, and yeah, it was fine. It was second hand gun. It came with a Leopold uh, VX3 on there, um, which I moved on fairly quickly. That's where my love of Leopolds came from, I think. Yep, and <laughs> scratch that chest, Greg. Actually, <laughs> beard scratch. That's more appropriate, more manly. I've got the longest beard. Yeah, you need to be on the spot. Yeah, you got gaps, I mean, missing gaps. That's my choice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I've done tweaks and bits and pieces, changed stocks out, and and uh, it's onto its second barrel as well, and. I've I've had all sorts of scopes on there. I've had that Leopold on there. Uh, moved to a Night Force uh, for a while, and then I think I think from there I end up with the Zeiss Dire Range, and now I've got a, a Carlos Six Twenty Four I sitting on there. So uh, all have worked fine. Well, the second lot, uh, the sorry, the last three have worked fine. The Everything Leopold except the great. Leopold, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> where I'm going for it, but that the Zeiss die range was sensational as it had a range finder in it. I found that really useful on a night gun and something I would I will consider again uh in, in future. I mean I've still got that scope so I may I may hold on to it and it may end up back on there. Andrew what 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 have you gone through with your, your um, night guns? Similar I guess in that uh twenty two was obviously you know most people get get a twenty two first but my first centerfire was the a six two eight four. Mm-hmm. It was in a very heavy gun, completely unsuited for the kind of shooting. But um, you, know, you got it, so you use it. But no, that was. I mean, the cartridge was probably good for it. But uh, yep, I do recall one night chasing a fox around, and I, I told the farmer before we went out that he would need to stop um, if he sees a fox out in the paddock, and I can shoot it. He proceeded to chase it uh, and then yelling at me to shoot it, even though we're doing 60 k's an hour across a paddock chasing this thing. Yeah. 
and we chased it around and around and around until it literally just laid down. And I shot it once it laid down. <laughs> <laughs> thought, it's a real challenge for you then. Yeah, well, got on the second shot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> too close the first time. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, that sort of convinced me. I thought, you know, this this rifle was fantastic for the daytime longer shots, but uh, not really suitable. So, mm. um, tried a few different things, you know, standard stuff, and I sort of settled on uh, on the six by forty seven lap. Yep, which I built before it was cool. Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, that's going to get a new you're barrel. Saying, you're saying you made it cool, Andrew? Well, I implied it. <laughs> Heavily. But uh, no, that I, I like that cartridge. It's sort of similar, pretty similar ballistics to the 243. Um, the barrel that's on that gun now is a 12 twist, so I, I built it specifically to shoot the, the light bullets. Um, you know, I was running 68 grain burgers at about 3,700 feet a second. Nice. Um, wow. Okay. It's hiking. Yeah, I am going to be replacing that barrel. I want to put a fast twist on there, though. Yep. Um, probably won't be able to run down quite that light, but even if I run 87s yeah. flat out with a fast twist, they'd be even more explosive. So. Oh, they're great. Mm. So, and, and, of course, we well, can't forget the 22338 Lapua that I built. That was a spectacular <laughs> probably failure. Probably the best gun you've ever built for a night gun. Yeah, well, by best you mean worst. Yeah, great. Yeah, that gun was even heavier than the the six mil that I had. Pretty much, sort of equally unsuitable. But <laughs> you were out with us that night. We you christened it on on game, and I I still recall wanting to see a rabbit actually vaporize into nothing. That was the goal, wasn't it? Mm. That was the the plan to send a vapor of uh, send a rabbit. I didn't want to leave a corpse. I didn't no. want to leave a corpse. I wanted to no. be gone. No evidence gone. But uh, no, I didn't mean do anything more than a. A two two three or two fifty would do. So even you know, less. Yeah, so just kind of went straight through, through it, really. and and then and then not much happened. There's a big fireball out the muzzle <laughs> when we fired it. It's like <laughs> a four foot fireball. Yeah, phenomenal from the firing end. One hundred and fifteen grains of powder behind a forty grain bullet. <laughs> it was good, but uh, yeah. So that that shell got shelled pretty quick, but um, no, probably settled on the six mil. I think really. Mm-hmm. I, I'm about to fit a. A barrel, rebarrel a 300 whisper okay. into 223. Right. Um, you know, one of the reasons, the excuse I'm using is that when the kids are old enough to uh, get into it, they'll be trained on that rifle. But more to the point, it's just something I can shoot cheaply. Mm. <laughs> I find 223 hit nice and hard. They have lovely energy transfer on foxes, at, you know, inside yeah. 200. Beautiful. That's the thing. Yeah, the majority of shots, yeah, you can shoot them longer if you want to. But, mm. you know, I've had them. You know, with a Fox Pro out spotlighting, and you get that caller going, and they'll come running. I've had to yell at them to stop. Yeah, when they're coming <laughs> in, so two to three is fine, really. Mm. So for where we are, anyway. I've been toying with the idea of a two to three just for the dollars wise, and I've got magazines for it, and I've got bits and pieces. Um, but I, I think I'm still drawn back to a twenty-two to fifty. I have considered a two four three. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've yeah, sort yeah. of considered it, but I haven't really. It's twenty-two to fifty. It is like. Yeah, it's good, but then what I don't like about them is they don't generally feed out of detachable magazines very well at all. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be somebody out there that's made it work well, but uh, out of an AI mag or something like that, I've seen a few where they've attempted it and it really doesn't work that well. I've generally gone with floor plates. 
uh, yeah. previously, and that's what and that's what Grey and I actually quite like the floor plate to be able to drop it in from the from the top and be able to sort of yeah. top up as we as we go on the fly. But the five round mags, I think, feed quite well from the twenty two to fifty. So I think that's probably the way that I'm going to go. And I, I, I've got to look into a little bit that will determine a bit about what the action I run because I do want to be able to drop it in from the side. So that's uh, that's a, a fact to consider. I did uh, get asked what chassis, and I think I, I did talk or what stock. Uh, did talk in the uh, last episode about the plan was the Hauer Bravo was what I was going to drop in, which is what you're doing with your two KRG three. Bravo. Sorry, KRG Bravo. Yeah, what did I say? You called it a Hauer Bravo. Well, that's talking about the gun as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go down that path. That's a good um, retraction there. Well, K- KRG Bravo. Well, no, Howard Bravo is a model. Yes, correct. Yeah, good. So I wasn't completely. So this port is kicking in. That's why. Thanks to the port. Hang Company. on. Hang on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. No, I is yeah that uh, the two two three that I'm referring to is well, I I got the KRG Bravo in for it about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, very impressed. So I think it'll uh, do the job quite well. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's light and ergonomic. So just had a job. a message from one of our new patron supporters, Ian. Thanks for joining us, Ian. Uh, Ian has uh, sort of said, "I thought that the twenty two to fifties were limited to smaller projectiles, which is uh, quite a common understanding of twenty two to fifties, and in factory setup, that is fairly true." Yeah, I mean, if you're going to build a rifle, you put whatever twist you want on it, though. That's, uh, that's right. You know, I've, I've read of guys uh, putting a 7 twist on a 250 and shooting you know, 90 grain bullets out of them. Hmm. So, Yeah, it comes down to what, you, yeah. what, what you're doing with it. So the my first one was a 14 twist, and so anything over about 60 or 60 even was, was challenging, depending on the shape of the bullet. The, the one exception to that was the Sierra semi-points. I don't know if you know those ones at all, gents, but they were 63 grainer, but they were really short, fat, and stubby, and they seemed to stabilise quite well uh, out of even a 1 in 14. So it sort of gave you a, a good, compelling goat gun uh, to run. Mm. But I sort of traditionally ran 50 grainers. And when I rebarreled that gun, I put a 1 in 10 on there to open up my options so I could sort of play with it a bit more. And I put the same ammo down just to see how it went, and it shot 0.3 of a... Oh, I, went, I went, I'll I'll just do that then. Yes, thanks. <laughs> and I hadn't ever changed the load. What in these were you running then? Um, I couldn't even tell you. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be lost somewhere in some data. Yeah, I mean, right-o. the thing with the, the night gun is I don't pay a huge amount of attention to that. So it is, you know, get the data from it, know what the mm, data is, yeah. and, yeah, you're sort of staying within sort of 400 metres, so not really allowing for a lot of variation and just... Mm. Go out there and smack boxes. Laser beam. Pretty much, which is why I'm sort of pretty drawn to the 22 to 50 again it's, still. It's, it's great, you know, and it'll give that perspective of, you know, when you've got a range, this half a head fox hanging over the top of a bush. Yep. You know, you can't sometimes accurately range it within mm. sort of 20 to 30 metres, and that's where the 22-250 really kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you've got all that error for margin. Uh, margin for error. <laughs> he certainly scratched that chest again, Greg. That's. You <laughs> <laughs> just lost my train of thought. <laughs> why is that? Why Why did you lose your train of thought there? What happened? There was some error of something in there, and then just scratching. <laughs> sort, sort of chain. The error of margin. No, but I, I think the. I mean, 
for me, if I was going to start from scratch, I would probably go from the for the two four three over the two fifty. Just kill. from the fact that uh, controversial. Yeah. Well, I can run a fifty eight grain bullet no, out of the two four three and run this. it at over that. four thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see you two fifty and raise you. Yeah, yeah. So you can run a fifty eight grainer over four thousand feet per second. Yep. Yep. And you can't do that with a twenty two two fifty. No. Not unless you've got a forty five inch barrel. <laughs> well, funny, we hadn't talked about barrels yet. That was one of my pl- <laughs> No, you're right. I wasn't planning on running a forty five inch barrel. Um, correct. Coward. So, <laughs> would you be chasing four thousand purely based on how flat they would be shooting? Well, I'm just saying that was possible. That's not what <laughs> I would do. Yeah. You need I was going to say, what's your motivation behind it? No, I'd, I'd, I'd probably run something heavy. I'd, I maybe wouldn't go to the 87s, um, depending on what was around, what I was actually going to be shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if there were goats or pigs or whatever, I'd probably go a little heavier, but I'd run probably a 70 to 75. Okay. And run it pretty hot. Yep. Gives you the sort of, I mean, that, that you know, if you're running a 75 grain bullet at, Three thousand eight hundred ish, maybe. That would uh, that would move. Oh yeah, the thought crosses the mind, gents, that if I'm going to be building a six five Creedmoor for my comp gun, is it worth building this as a six five Creedmoor as well to keep you know brass and uh, equipment and bits and pieces the same? Is there any merit to that thought? I think there's merit to understanding a calibre inside and out, day and night. Good point. Regardless of what it is. I think if you know it like the back of your hand, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to make too many errors. So given then that I'm probably actually going to be running different projectiles and different setups, it's really going to be a separate... Then you're confusing yourself, go with the 243. Right. Yeah, six mil. <laughs> you know you want to. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> six curious. Let's put it that way. No, I mean I've never ventured down this path, and it seems to be very much a one-way street. Oh, I've thrown Andrew now. He doesn't know what to, what to no, say. I, to ca- I can't say anything that's not <laughs> going to be edited chest. out. Greg, that's all we can do. Oh, I'm not saying work. anything. I'm I'm. No. No. All right, so so in terms of going to two four three, and particularly two four three, or something along those lines, is that six mil creed? Six mil creed. Oh, boom, headshot. Right, boom. <laughs> That's convincing. Boom, <laughs> boom. It was a creed war. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Creed wars don't kill things though. That's the trouble. <laughs> have, we, have we got some science to back that up? Plenty. All right, let's go back to It'll the It'll be original. in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Andrew going, yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty much for now. Uh, so coming back to a 22 to 50, 243, because I suspect that this may come up because I know you both, well, particularly Greg's obviously always been sort of 243 hmm. engaged and, uh, and Andrew's not opposed to it at all. And I've never really gone down that path with it. Do I, and I've been thinking, do I bump up? Is it worth bumping up to a 243? Is it really the, the the additional velocity I'm going to be getting? Depends what you're doing too, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be smacking foxes. The same stuff I've been doing for years. Yeah. Smacking it, foxes it just depends. Like, I know with me, I go and and fallow deer, fallow deer. Yeah, it, it to me it gives you that bit of extra versatility. 
And I mean, if you want to run goats, and you, so you can just go. Yeah, on. but I've shot I've shot goats with twenty two fifties. Yeah, you can. They, they die better with a heavier bullet, though. And and they die better at distance with a heavier bullet. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm shot them at distance. But point. I guess it, keeping with the topic of conversation, yeah. night gun. Why would you? Why would we do that? Why, why would it's been ninety five uh, episodes. Why would we start now? Why, why true, would we not true. tangent? True. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, please you, continue. You, <laughs> <completely>. <laughs> We're ruining you too. You are. <laughs> Scumbags. Point is, how often do you see thousand-yard goats at night, Greg? All the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, pretty cool. More just energy. Energy into a chest cavity. But, yeah, um, goats, not so much. But, yeah, definitely fellow. I shoot them at night. Yeah, look, I mean, I would say the advantages of being able to run a heavier bullet Say you're going to New South Wales and you're going spotlighting say in I am. pig country. Yep. Not necessarily specifically targeting them when you're spotlighting, but I shot heaps of pigs under a spotlight. Mm. And I guarantee you I'd rather have an 80-plus grain bullet than a 50-grain bullet. That's fair. Because, yep. and having said that, I'd probably rather a 270 to 300-grain bullet in that situation. <laughs> but Something from the planet Fist, hey? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of a really inappropriate joke. Say it. But no. Say it. We'll, we'll, it. we'll, Patre- it. No. we'll beep it out no, no. just for the Patreon. Really bad. I've forgotten already. It's um, <laughs> a lie. lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Good. It's been a show like that, hasn't it? Oh. Uh, excellent. So, 243 path. Is that the way I should be going? I'm stepping up from the 250. Yes. Yeah, I reckon you should. All right. Well, by popular demand... I'll, I'll give it a crack. I call it peer pressure. Peer pressure. Mm, just depends what sort of MV you want to chase in that six mil too. You know, well, there's, there's a bit of a decision there. You know? Yeah, I think I'll probably go the lighter, like a mm-hmm. seventy-five grain or something on those lines. But being able to punch it out, yeah, I'm pretty happy to kill through wind and uh, and not be so fussed about drop. That's uh, it'll line up with what I do. In fact, thinking about it a little bit more now, that uh, die range scope was always challenging because there's no marks on the reticle. There's a part where it's, it's duplex. So it goes from thin to thick at one point, but it doesn't doesn't give you much more than that. Mm. Now, I wonder if running a 243, I would get away with running that scope if I'm running like a, a 65 or 75 grainer uh, lighter as a dedicated setup. As a night gun, yeah, it would work well. Oh, I two, think it'd speed up three hundred meters. It'd well, I mean, speed up your engagements with basic crops in your head. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're talking sort of three hundred being the outer limit for generally speaking, generally, yeah. If you're running a fifty five or a fifty eight at four thousand plus, yep. At those ranges, you're not really dropping. No, not, just not point, a lot to remember. Point and shoot. Yeah. Mm. Works well for people with really good memories like me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No, fair call. All right. All right. Well, it seems I'm, I'm convinced. We're going to go down the 243 path. Give it a crack. Give it a run. Mm. There's um, some good projectile options now too with 6 mil. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I should look yeah, into that. I know. You should look at that. Check that out. No, no. no it's like compared to yeah. Yeah, there a is. while back, you know, there's, it's 6, as we all know, 6 and 6.5 six and has come a long way. Um, yeah, well and truly. So, yeah. But even sort of you know, good quality bullets as well. I mean, mm. I know guys that shoot six mils and they run literally bentress bullets, you know, bullets that are designed for short-range bentress, 65, 68 grainers. Mm. 
well, which is Just exactly what I'm doing out of the six by forty-seven. Shoot very, very accurately and pick an eyeball. And explosive. You know, they're not designed to be explosive, but they are. Yeah, I, I think there's some interesting offers from Nozzler and Hornady in some of those lighter weights. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we are using traditional port glasses, which have like this little glass straw coming up from the bottom of the, the glass. Like a teapot almost. Sort of like a teapot with a sort of elongate. I'll put a photo up on Patreon for the guys to have a look at, but we'll get one up on Facebook so you guys can see what these teapot things are. And this is a traditional way you should be drinking port, otherwise you're not really drinking it. And that noise that you just heard was Greg um, struggling with drinking. Was, <laughs> I've like drained it, man. drained just, it. I was, it was all air. You're out. I'm all out. Air. See if I can, I can do that as well. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So that's, uh, I guess that's my, my plan with... My gun is now a 243. Uh, I mentioned Howard Bravo because I was considering the Howard in the Bravo chassis. Otherwise, it's probably a Tika. It's probably the other one I'll be looking at. Any suggestions, guys? I mean, I know which way Greg's going. Yeah, well, I'm a Tika fanboy, the out-of-the-box solution. I don't think you have much trouble getting a load developed with a standard Tika out-of-the-box. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you can do more to it after that, but, you know. You know, the generally speaking, the guys that are shooting the Howers are pretty happy with them too. So yeah, absolutely. I kind of think you're going to lose out there. Yep. Um, Especially the sort of typical ranges we're talking about. I don't think you know. Even it, it'll probably come down to you know if you're looking at a factory gun rather than building something, you can't even pour straight, can you? No, I can't pour. Can't pour port. Mm. Um, you know the the availability or the selection of uh, what barrel twists they offer. You know, I, I don't know what Tika yeah, offer in that, in that chambering. I don't know what Howe are offering that chambering, but you'd, you'd want to go something that was going to do what you wanted it to do. I think with Tika, I'm not sure of the twist, but I, I, I remember looking into it and it was, you know, 87 is about as heavy as you can go. Okay, so it might be a... Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, but, I'm, but I'm, anyway. I'm not chasing heavy. I'm, I'm chasing mm. lighter in this gun. Yeah, and yeah. It won't mm. be a crossover gun for me. I mean, you know, we talked mm. plenty of times about something different. Mm. Um, so that's the that's the plan. The one thing that I don't like about the Tigger is top loading it. It's not so simple to top load. Uh, whereas the Howard does open that up a little T3X? bit. T three X. No, just the fact of loading Still. the mags. I think if you've got a detachable mag, I'm not sure you you yeah, have you to get around really for it sort of too far forward. Yeah. Yeah. Seiko. Seiko. 85, you can top load them. I'll have to borrow some money off Craig, but I guess uh, that's potential. Do they do a Bravo that the Seiko will drop into? I don't think they do. Maybe not yet. Maybe. I don't well, know. it's interesting because I'd have to look into it, but the uh, Accuracy International AW magazines, they may top load. Mm-hmm. So if you had a setup that could utilize them, you might be right. Okay, check it out. That's what I'm going to be doing with my six mil. Oh, the uh, strings are pulling the other way. Sean on Patreon has just said he ran a hundred grain ballistic tip in the six five Creedmoor hunting rifle built five years ago. It's been the best all round rifle for pigs, foxes, deer. Uh, he went with a lighter profile barrel, so he can still walk about with it. Oh, lay the smack down. Drop that mic. Yeah, walk off. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Good scientific response there, Andrew. <laughs> to quote Sean Milner. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, I think sorry, sorry, Sean. I mean, like uh, like the idea. Great to have you on board on Patreon, and um, I I'm not opposed to that, but I actually do see some point here that the the reason I was thinking about the six five Creedmoor for both of competition gun and for spotlighting was being sort of you know keeping some stuff the same, but given that. Completely data different. is going to be completely different then it's really not worthwhile sort of there's no benefit to going down the same path apart from buying it dies but it's actually probably could be detrimental it could be it could be confuse mixing brass and all that sort of thing. I'm, I'm easily confused yeah we know that who well sorry Greg scratch your chest he's <laughs> <laughs> a good foot from the microphone too <laughs> He is. It's working well. His chest hair isn't, but he is. The rest of his body is. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. Well, that's the that's the plan for me. And and what um, barrel are you running on your two to three? That's, what's the plan with that one, Andrew? Well, I literally just ordered it last night. Okay. I'm going to use a Swan barrel. I've been seeing good things about mm-hmm. them. Um, so I thought, well, Australian made. I'll give them a crack. Yep. Um, so I'm running a light. Hopefully they don't crack. No, hopefully not. I'm not running it. Oh, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was going. Anyway, move on. Yes, moving right along. Um, no, uh, running a light Palmer profile, mm-hmm. uh, 20 inch finish length with an eight twist. With an eight twist. Yeah. Okay. Because this rifle will be a little bit of a dual purpose. Yep. Uh, I intend to run something light for spotlighting, like 50s or 55s. Yep. Probably in factory ammo because I can't be bothered reloading that sort of quantity. Uh, but also still be able to shoot, you know, 77s or 80s for yep. long-range target work during the day. Mm, very good. So, or possibly that 69-grain Match King OSA or... Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I ran that uh, in my training gun. Hmm, the 69-grain uh, Sierra Match King. Mm. Yeah, factory loaded by OSA. That, that ammo worked really well for me. And, uh, yeah, it was relatively cheap. Which is uh, not a bad way to do it. Mm. Yeah, so that's uh, what I'm thinking. Cool, excellent, Greg. Any new gun? Any new tweaks on your night gun? You're pretty happy, aren't you? I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a quick rundown on your night on your night gun, just so for the listeners who have, may not be familiar with it, give us the, the specs on it? Yeah, okay. I reckon it's a, it's virtually an ideal setup. That thing you got. Yeah, so you know, I set it up for what I do mostly, which is small property undulating foxing um and and basically it's a that's what you see on the real real estate pitch for the properties as well undulating foxing is that what i said was it that is exactly what you said undulating foxing yeah i suppose (laughs) foxing is a form of hunting isn't it in undulating ground have we clarified sure (laughs) let's just color back down to hilly country shooting foxes lots lots of hills and shit i gotta walk up it's a pain in the ass but anyway uh, it's just a standard Tika T3X varmint, and I shoot 87 grainers, um, and I've dropped that in a in a MDT ESS chassis. Yep. Um, and that was primarily because I run a thermal, and I've got to hang all sorts of electronic devices off it. So I, I run a, I've got to run an external battery on my particular model, and I've also got to run a recording device, and I've also got to run a um, rangefinder. So yep. a radius rangefinder. So I need rails and shit everywhere. And I also have a uh, under rail to run the Atlas bipod, mm-hmm. which I love. Uh, cost me a fortune, but I love it. And that setup has just been gold um, with the thermal and um, just wa- 
most of my hunting I do now on foot rather than out of the car. I used to be mostly car. But mm-hmm. uh, yep. yeah, that, that like, it's just working. So It's doing what it's meant to do. It's it? doing what it's meant to do. Yeah. It's configured the way I want it configured. Um, yeah. Perfect. I don't have any more to add to that. So basically, I slaughter foxes with it every weekend. And that was your first chassis, wasn't it? Yeah, first chassis. And, yeah. and how's the change been going from traditional stocks to, to yeah, that? Yeah, I found I grew a little bit tighter. Okay. Than the the factory, like so I worked up a load on with the factory stock. Yep. I dropped because it took took a while to get the chassis across. Sure. And I went in the chassis and I actually tightened up a little bit. So technique wise, it helped. Recall recall control was a lot better. I, I I found that it was a lot more in line. In line. So it's probably fairly good advice Less to change undulating. over the chassis then. You'd say. Yeah. Well. What was that? Were you smiling? <laughs> I said it was, it was fairly good advice for you to change oh, over to the chassis. Yeah, I, you know I copy everything you do. <laughs> you know that, Andrew. You had a bit of catching up to do with the children department then, Greg. <laughs> yeah, jeez, oh, I'm not copying you there, mate. You're all alone. But yeah, the chassis was really good. I really enjoyed it. I do find occasionally when I'm, because I do spend a lot of time observing now with the thermal, waiting mm-hmm. for, for stuff to start moving. Yep. I do find I, I actually do choke the pistol grip a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm always having to consciously, you know, Relax. why is my hand tied? Yeah. You know? do, you, do you shoot thumb around or thumb up? Thumb so around. Thumb around. That's probably, probably, probably why. why you, well, that if you shot thumb up, that would alleviate that. That All would right. happen. Um, but, yeah, that's that's changing shooting style. So, yeah. anyway. No, no, no well, I don't think it would change me too much. So, yeah, I might give that a crack to see a crack. if it relaxes. Then, the then you can't grip it too Yeah, tight. and it's weird. Yeah. It's like as soon as I stop concentrating on it, I yep. start choking the living daylights out of it, and I'm like, mm. oh, you got some pent up anger or something going yeah. on? Is I, I was sort of going to make the comment. I think I know why the, his hand is tired, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, this RSL issues I got to deal with, but <laughs> <laughs> not work related. No, nah. so you got to make your money somehow. <laughs> the changeover to the chassis has been of no issue for you. Then that it's just been getting used to a different, yeah, a different feel. No issue. Um, Probably a little bit more weight. Okay. Yep. Um, so I am on foot, so I do feel that weight. Sorry to hear you that, mate. I can provide some suggestions for it. Dropped some recently. Yeah. Well, I, probably the other thing too is is the sling side of things. I'm just ignoring you. I missed it all. You know, yeah. Good. Just some dude over there. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to Andrew. He's nicer. Yeah, cool. um, Mute that you don't know me that well, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have found, you know, with the weight. I end up like sort of hip holding it. Yep. When I'm walking around, um, I have bought a Magpul. Is it MS4 sling? Which is a. Of course it is. Yeah. It's a. Uh, you can do it as a single point or a dual point sling. Okay. Yep. Um, and I I didn't really find that helpful. Okay. Um, <laughs> good no, nothing good plug would, for Magpul. No, it would. Well, <laughs> you didn't let me. You didn't let me finish. Sorry. But anyway, um, it's not the sling. It's just the. The way I hold it and the way I, you know, Doesn't I, I do it, yeah, and going style. up because I go up onto a bog pod, uh, set of shooting sticks all the time to scan, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, it doesn't really work with that constant because I, I do still hunting, so I walk forward, I, I scan, I walk forward, I scan, I walk forward, I scan. So yeah, just experimenting with those sort of minor things, but um, I'm I'm super happy with my setup and. And, and um, that's what I set out to do is get rid of all these setups that were sort of half right and, yep. and you know, half there or 
and just focus on one setup hmm. that suited exactly how I do things. And I, and I've gotten pretty close. It's not perfect, but what would you change? I'd like to try and get a little bit lighter somehow. Yeah, that could come at a fairly substantial cost financially. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, um, I'm I'm reasonably happy. Probably, yeah, it's probably just in terms of actually executing a shot, it's it's the ideal setup. Like once yeah. I've identified my target and I, I get on my guts to to engage that target, mm-hmm. the whole setup's perfect. Yep. Um, it's just more the walking around and the it's more logistical, if you like. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But no, I wouldn't change much. Excellent. Well, I, I hope that I'm in a similar position by mm. uh, the end of the year. With a uh, well, thermal. Oh, hang on. <laughs> what did you just say? You say swear word? Just, just added seven grand to your setup. <laughs> thermal has not been discussed, but it is on the agenda. Uh, there, there is just discussion or debate as to where we go. I've been playing with some night vision recently, mm. and that has been tempting me as well. I know you've always said uh, since having a thermal, your ideal setup might be a night vision with a thermal spotter, perhaps. Um, mm. Or you go down the double thermal path. No, no. Once you go thermal, you never go back. Yeah, right. Um, they work well together. Yep. I, I shoot a lot with Sim, uh, Simon from Hunting HQ and Who? he's got IR Simo. The lefty guy. The lefty guy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We shouldn't really name Whatever. him, should we? Because he's lefty. You have to pretty much hold his hand the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And shoot himself, <laughs> He's scared of the dark. But anyway, <laughs> we go out together quite a bit. And um, oh, he's, he's got things are going well for you boys. Small walks in the park, that sort of thing. At night but in the dark, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, f*** this <laughs> <laughs> You fucking ass clowns. <laughs> Greg's walked out. He's out. He, he can't open the soundproof door. Just don't tell him that. <laughs> uh, Greg has stormed out of the studio. <laughs> He's got to walk out. We've never had a walk out on this podcast, have you? No. No, well, we have now. <laughs> it's about time we had one. I was waiting for... I was, I was always thinking it would be Greg as well. I thought it would be money related. Yeah, it's not paying enough, really. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. Right, we have calmed Greg back down. We've we've calmed him down, and uh, thanks for thanks for coming back in. Greg is a bit of a hostage negotiation out there for a little while there, but anyway, we got our bottle of port back, and you're back in the room as well. It'd be nice to me, Sam. This well for the next ten minutes. Thanks for your help with that, Andrew. As well, that was good. Yeah, it was a tricky situation. <laughs> Very delicate. Very delicate. Anyway, speaking of delicate, Greg, what would you? We talked about what you'd change on your. Your gun, you said try and drop some weight out of it. Mm. Did we? Is that where we covered up to? I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah, that. that's pretty much what I said, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I stormed out, so I know. <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Full, full carbon stock, carbon barrel. Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, that that would be nice. Yeah, it's, that, uh, is that again? Like Andrew, you, again you, Andrew's feeding me with the inspiration. Maybe you just got to mimic. You got to steal the Rumbaron's <laughs> rifle. If you went down those yeah. that path, that that's where you would go. Oh, you know if. You know, podcast money? Absolutely. <laughs> I'd do that tomorrow. Podcast money. Um, <laughs> Good. But, yeah, no. Money prohibits it, but, geez, that'd be nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be really nice. I think what Major Storm out was discussing night vision working well with thermal and left yeah, handers. Yeah. So dropping the left hander side of things like that. W- would you go a thermal and night vision combination setup, or would you, you you'd stick to thermal, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd I'd stick to thermal. I'd, they're getting better too, you know. Yeah. Um, they're starting yeah. to integrate range finders. They're starting to things are starting to pick up, you know, in terms of speed of engagement. Gotcha. Uh, which is a big thing with foxes, of course. Yeah. Um, mean, but you know, the, some of the the new pulsar binos that have come out, thermal binos. Yeah. You, know, you, you could have your rifle on a sling. That's it. Carry it around, just easy binos. Yeah, and set that's... Set up when you're ready. That's where I was heading before this high country spending extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was saving up for an observation type thermal, yep. um, which I think I mentioned. And that yeah. was basically so I could set the rifle up on the ground rather mm-hmm. than have it on shooting sticks and then when I see something quickly get down behind get the rifle. With yeah, it. yeah. Yep. Rather than having to hold it up and scan and all that sort of stuff. So it's probably just speed of engagement type improvements. But mm. but yeah, give me carbon fibre. Um, from what uh, the Rum Baron and Hunting HQ's groups are pretty nice on those new carbon fibre uh, barrels. Carbon light, real light. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching his progress fairly okay. closely to see how these carbon fibre barrels perform because mm. uh, very interesting mm. for, for a hunter if i had greg money i'd buy one of them <laughs> buy greg podcast money. podcast if greg money i'd buy you buy you one as well andrew oh. but you know i'm a nicer bloke than that bloke over there <laughs> you, look, you look at me or him i don't know i don't know i've forgotten who's who all right well we probably should leave it there i've got one more thing to uh to to put out there as well uh the plans at this stage is that i should be over in the u.s in january fingers crossed uh, this is mostly for shot show over there in vegas uh, which will be late january and the plan is to get to a prs match as well so i'm just searching around what matches are on there i will have a traveling buddy who uh, at some point will be announced. Um, just confirming that's all going ahead. It is someone who has been on this podcast before and uh, who may get mentioned from time to time. Anyway, so that is kind of cool if you are one of our US listeners and we don't know exactly where we're going yet, but if we happen to be passing here, we'll probably do a couple of sort of pub nights along the way just because we would be doing that anyway. That's uh and nothing special. We'll just let you know where we're going to be doing that, and uh, it'd be wonderful to get some input from you guys uh, about you know what it's like shooting wherever wherever you are. So we'll be doing that on the road. It's a little way off yet. What are we in July still? Ages away. But anyway, so if you are if you are in the US, and uh, particularly obviously we'll be in Vegas. We'll let you know where else we're going to be. Uh, it'd be wonderful to do that. I reckon that's about it. Mm. Any anything else? What would you, any plans for the next couple of weeks? Getting out shooting at all? I'm doing a firearm safety instructor course this weekend. Sounds thrilling. Well, I've got to get the fist up and running. Yep. With what about uh, shooting though? Yeah, that too. Cool. I've, I've got to get a load worked out. So that's that's my plan. We'll see if I can get it done before the next podcast. Okay. Good luck. Next next podcast tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. In about ten minutes, we're going to start the next one. No. Okay. Good luck. Excellent, Andrew. Any any progression on the two three or anything like that? Well, I guess it's going to depend on how long the barrel takes to get made. It'll, as soon as it arrives at my premises, I'll fit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, good. Hopefully, all right. well, there could be there could be improvements all round. 
next yeah, podcast. I might just have to be sick for a couple of days from work and go out and shoot it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. And we will be back on the new PRS build uh, as well. We'll start looking at some barrel side of things. But keep your comments coming in for actions because uh, we've had some interesting and good feedback from the last episode. Uh, where I've narrowed it down to three, which then became four, which probably then has become 15 options again. We'll see where we go from there. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back for the next episode. And we have some new interviews coming up soon as well. (laughs) Well played, Greg. Well played. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au.